Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to an episode of Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. And I'm three trench coats stacked in a dog, Ian Brodsky. Wow. Why did he eat so many trench coats? Dogs be hungry. Poor dog. Um and <laughs> we're back today to talk about Glee. But first, may we introduce our special guest today. Yes. Our special guest is a returning champion, has been here so many times, has been back by popular demand. That's true. Um, and like by, by request of our fans, people we do not actually know. Strangers on the internet. Strangers on the internet have requested back... And here you are, the internet's own rascal. Hey, I am back. You can- simply cannot keep me away from a show that I haven't seen most of. Thank fucking Christ. And honestly, great, because I was watching this episode no more than an hour ago mm-hmm. thinking, thank God Rascal's here because someone will be able to talk about what's going on. <laughs> I'm just glad that when we were going down the list and we were like, okay, well, we want to have Rascal back. And I said, hey... Do any of these episodes appeal to you? That this is the one she chose voluntarily. I, I and and not only that, but you knew you knew I was going I to choose it. But listen, who could resist? We've run out of Asian stuff to talk about, so now we get to talk about my <laughs> other area of expertise: sex. <laughs> Wait, you're right though. Like there are no Asians There's anymore. No There's no Asians show. anymore, what? so we have to talk about. We all we have left to talk about is sex, which I know yeah. a ton about. Because Obviously. I am a semi-employed video game writer. <laughs> um, yes, folks, we are here to discuss Season 5, Episode 16. It's called Tested. And it originally aired April 15th, 2014. We got a glee cap, yeah. um, thank God. Uh, Sam Sadie's is living together. Blurt, what, what's the real term? Clain. Clain is Clean. not. Um, I, I, I said blurt one time like three years ago, and that's what I remember. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, Artie's here and has dated several women yes. in his past. We know this, yeah. Yeah, it's all about relationships. Yeah. They recapped all of Artie's uh, past relationships, which yes. was helpful because I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so just, I know you were just talking about it, but you haven't actually watched the full series of Glee yet, no, right? No, I have not. I okay. watched the episodes. I watched all of seasons one and two. Correct. Um, the right thing to do. Part of the course. Yeah. <laughs> then from then on, I have watched the episodes that I have been on this podcast for and like occasional bits and pieces elsewhere. Um, and I have listened to this podcast and I feel like that has given me as much Glee knowledge as I am likely to retain in any circumstances. Yeah, honestly true. Let's toot our yes. own horn. We're very good at this. Um, we are. Go team. Anyway. Let's talk about the wildest opening maybe Glee will ever do. I still don't understand if it's diegetic. <laughs> I don't know why Glee said, you know what would be a funny little bit? If we did like a what? 
40s sailor a boy World ad? War II yeah. American propaganda ad for getting STD tests. Yeah. It, and it looked like it was intended to be something that was done in universe. Like if it was something that somebody in universe made, because a lot of the like costuming and stuff looked like it was uh, intentionally the kind of thing that like broke ass college students might put together. Mm, that might just be I mean, the fact that Glee is fledgling at this point and just might not have the budget. For I, that's also that's also possible. Sailor Boy outfits. Uh, but to your point, as I was watching this, I was like, is this an Artie film? Like, are we going to, like, pull out and, like, this is Artie's, like, class project? But it wasn't. It was just funny. the fucking intro. It, no, Glee just said, let's do something we've never goddamn done before and make a weird, <laughs> like, let's have an opening, an opening sketch like we're SNL before we go into yeah. the rest a of yeah. the episode. As such a, a black and white, a uh, bizarrely written like it it really felt like an arty film and i thought hey good job arty and then it turns out he didn't make it <laughs> that's just something glee here's, did here's the high points of that um first of all putting arty in like a period correct wheelchair was so fucking funny to me and like the wicker backed like fdr <laughs> wheelchair also um it should have been an arty film because a lot of the best bits were him him struggling to reach the milk bottle they wanted them to pee in because the counter was yeah. too high. Um, uh. I can't remember all of them, but all the descriptions they used of like, you might think you're safe from STDs because you're like a big dumb idiot for Sam and then several other, right. other A strapping homosexual. Yep. Right. Uh, uh. That it, it what why they and do it also period period correct glasses on R D two yes yeah yes. really really committed. Uh, here's yeah. a question: When did we stop calling them STDs and start calling them STIs? When did that happen in our zeitgeist, in our world? Because I believe the correct term now is to call it an STI, and I don't remember why. I'm gonna Google this right now. That's great. Well, I do remember. I remember a crossover section where people were using them interchangeably, but now that you mention it, yeah, I really only hear STI anymore. And it's much like I, how I don't think we call it DUI okay. anymore; we call it something else. Uh, the I, World Health Organization has recommended the more inclusive term "sexually transmitted infection" since 1999. So okay. that doesn't actually answer. So Glee was behind the times, but so Glee, definitely was I and everybody that I knew. Yes. What a wild thing to be inclusive of. Yeah, let's be inclusive because not all diseases, you know, some some can be infections. I think, yeah, right. I think it's inclusive of options rather than inclusive of. Uh... Oh yeah, and then it was the older term was venereal disease. So yeah, um, now we call DUIs OUIs. That's what it is because it's not just driving, operating. It's operating. Valid. Um, See, we're learning all about acronyms today. And that's really what this show is about. <laughs> and all thanks to the Glee mm -hmm. PSA. I guess it worked. Did, like, Shit. like, was this intended, like, we'll film this and then we can air it separately, like, for a, a campaign of sorts? It wouldn't surprise me. But for I what... don't ever remember seeing it outside of this one episode. I don't, th I don't think it works unless you're familiar with these characters. It doesn't. Otherwise, you'd be like, right. why are you being mean to these force-dropping boys? Yes. <laughs> what happened to that one's legs? Also, sick <laughs> iron lung reference. Polio. I believe the last person on an iron lung is there's only one remaining person. That's a wow. Fun, another fun fact I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's really why we do this podcast, yeah. is for the fun <laughs> facts that don't pertain to the Gloonaverse. One person left on an iron lung. Good for them. Um, is it? I mean, they're not dead. Okay. Presumably, anyway. <laughs> they have polio. But Bummer. Th- well, you know, so did FDR. Yeah. That's true, and he did a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> That's my fun no fact, is FDR deny. did a lot of things. <laughs> no one can deny the that history FDR did expert. a lot of things. Maybe, maybe in spite of the polio. Um, anyway, welcome say. to PolioCast. Uh, Blaine loves New York. Yes, as he says, you're absolutely right, tourists, because a group of people <laughs> walk by wearing I Hire New York shirts. I do love New York. His Hooray. voiceover te- like technique spot on A plus. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. This also felt a little bit like a PSA when mm-hmm. when it was going on. Like not just not just a Glee voiceover, but a PSA about New York City cuisine. God. Right. He's right. Yeah. And like, actually. what a good. He's true. Coming from Ohio, where his options are breadsticks and Taco Bell, like he would be a fool not to sample the wide. Like, good for him for being willing to. Have a palate. Absolutely. Go to your local bodega. They they have the best bacon, egg, and cheese you're going to ever get. Yes. Yeah. Huge. Go to your local food cart. They're going to have the best coffee you're ever going to get. You see him getting some halal. We love that. Fuck yes. But it all comes down to the cronuts. Tell me it's 2014 without telling me it's 2014. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing. I wrote, LOL, remember cronuts. And then I had, like, a That's So Raven flashback where I was like, I feel like I wrote. It would be actually that's the opposite because I flashed back and she flashed. <laughs> um, I had the opposite of that, so Raven, where I was like, I feel like I've written the words "lol remember cronuts" before to, about this show. Have they already mm-hmm. done a cronuts bit? Yes. Didn't Sue like fly cronuts in? Something, something like that. It definitely was Sue, and it definitely was cronuts. So we definitely were talked about cronuts on this show. A before. big enough thing that they would come up multiple times. I, I don't remember Cronuts is the thing. I I knew of them in the way that you know of, um, you know, a lot of things, but that you don't have particular experience with. But I never gave them much thought. I mean, they weren't I, here. I'll tell you what. They weren't in Western Mass. No, that's, yeah, were, that's true. Very little is. They, they were a hot commodity in New York. Like, places were selling out of them the mornings of making them. And then I remember Dunkin' Donuts tried to do a, a croissant donut. I, I guess they didn't buy the rights to the word cronut, but that that was the only time I ever had one. It was fine. Yeah, I would eat it if someone presented me one, but I'm certainly not going to go out of my way to get one right now. Right. Well, that's where you and Blaine differ because yeah. he's addicted. They go great with everything. Uh, meanwhile, Kurt is working out in his undies. Yeah, you can tell because he's doing push-ups in his underwear on TV. Yes, uh, and that's important because Blaine, meanwhile, his pants don't fit anymore, and they rip while he's, like, bending over or something. Yeah, he SpongeBob SquarePants rips his pants. Yeah. He does. And he asked, um, is this the freshman 15? And I was like, yeah, man. Cut. Like, uh, yeah, that's man. supposed to be, it's supposed to be a joke about Blaine thinking that this is the freshman 15 when he obviously, is, like, has, um, his, like, like, stress he, eating. But I'm also, like, yeah, man. I'm pretty sure that's what the freshman 15 is. Yeah. Is when you like... go to college and eat a bunch of food and so you gain weight. Like, that's just it, bud. You did. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, mean, I, w- yeah. I was like, I can tell that we're supposed to laugh at him saying that, but actually, he's correct and spot he should stop there. He's just spot on. Yeah. Um, 
who already also loves New York. Everyone, that's great. Gets voiceovers. Everyone gets yeah, voiceovers that, today. That was that was actually confusing. I was like, is that is this the new normal? Is this the new no, normal? No, just for this episode. Okay. There's no normal. Yeah, I guess you know. not. Sex, yeah. Everyone has to be in their head. Um. Yeah. So uh, Artie is loving how accepted he is in New York because his like tucked in shirts and button ups and weird sweaters were weird in Ohio, but in New York, everyone thinks it's cool. Of course they do. You're in Bushwick. That's a whole thing. That in 2014 was one of my favorite lines. He's like, "Yeah, I was just like a dork, but here I do the exact same thing, and everyone thinks it's cool." Like I'm like, I love that. I love trendsetter yeah. Artie. Sweater watch Artie is like the cool new guy at Brooklyn Film <laughs> School. Sweater watch Artie. God bless. Um, this is also how we're, we learn he's dating three women, and none of them are Kitty. Well, no. Everyone, what? it has been several months. Of course he's not, Kitty's not on the show anymore. Right, but also, like, no one has ever been, like, canonically, I don't believe we ever got a moment where he was like, by the way, I'm not with Kitty anymore. No. We definitely don't see a breakup. No, yeah, of course we she, she disappeared from the universe to make room for all <laughs> yeah. of these other hot girls. Yes. Which... By the way, not to be bisexual on Maine, but like Artie had Artie was dating three girls and he yeah. somehow found the sweet understated girl to really set his heart on at film school when he was surrounded by these extremely chaotic artsy girls. And I was like, if I had gone to that school, Artie, I would have figured out I was bisexual so much sooner. And you are somehow finding the one understated girl at film school. I guess that's what he's into. There's like some like weird manic pixie dream girl shit in there. Yeah, yeah for there's sure. The one who is so obsessed with French something. Yeah, she's I got a French. Vanessa has a French vibe. Yeah, I think it's Jess has a like punky gothy vibe and says she's in, has like a wheelchair fetish. Weird. Her words, yeah. not mine. Um, Very weird. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying, Karina. Yeah. But the one that he really sets his heart on Twitter is Julie. Julie. She's smart. She's funny. Everybody likes her. And he wants to ask her out. Yep. And uh, to get in good with her, uh, he has her do the voiceovers for his film about being a plastic bag, drifting through the wind, wanting to start again. You know, like Katy Perry. Uh, It's called Bags in the Wind. And can I just say, this is so Mark Cohen coded. It is so Mark Cohen coded. This is very Mark Cohen vibes. Bags in the wind. Yup, in New York on the street. Yeah, absolutely. From here on in, he's gonna shoot without a script. Uh, as he as he should. Um, and then we do get a song pretty quickly, but it is not a Rent song, nor is it a Katy Perry firework <laughs> cover. Didn't they already do firework? They did. I think they already did Probably. firework. Yeah, Rachel sang it, singing "Walking Down the Hall." Hasn't stopped them from repeating sto- sto- stories or songs or stories in the no, past. No, we've, we've already That's done true. our song repeating episodes. But I Unless actually forget what song this is. It's Addicted to uh, Love. Um, right. It's pretty good. I was just excited to get like an Artie led number. Yeah. I was like, oh sh- yeah, this is yeah. feeding me. I don't, I don't really understand what's going on in the story still at this point. But I was like, I will listen to Artie sing. Any it's a day. great Artie number. The music video portion of it, I believe, is like an homage to the original music video based on the cover art that I'm seeing. Andy Taylor of Duran Duran is in this. That's only interesting to me. I shouldn't have made a noise because no one else would be interested in the fact that a member of Duran Duran is in this. 
plays instrumental Listen, on the our show. listenership has gone up lately. If you're thinking it, someone else listening to the show has to be thinking it. Um, oh, it was also intended to be a duet with Shaka Khan. Oh, the original. Yeah. Okay. Not, I was going to say, that's a whole other. I wish. Look. Um, look. Look. Um, it, it, was, it was pretty good. Like, an already, it was a good already led number, but something about it was weird because it felt like they were trying to recreate something they would do at McKinley in that uh, homage to the music video. But it felt weird not being on the April Rhodes Auditorium yeah, stage and for like, some reason for me. There's no other, like, Gleek members, so it's just Artie and women. Yeah, like, it, right. it felt like it was happening half in his head and then half, like... Very Chicago-esque. Like, he's imagining yeah. himself on the stage, but in reality, he's just luring women to his room with plastic flutes of champagne so they can, I guess, have sex on his twin bed. I mean, not it the, the yeah the quintessential Artie. college experience it is yeah yeah the fact that Artie's drink of choice to give girls is is champagne and those like tr- plastic flutes where the champagne goes all the way down the stem mm-hmm. what a choice so college how did he get that, that? who what 19 year old boy is out there being like i need you to use your fake id to buy me some champagne i'm well, saying he's cool saying this now i actually remember all of our friends in college purchasing bottles of champagne and actually i i have to eat my words karina thank you for saying that because i was just about to go like have you not seen me at a cast party the bottle of andre so so many of us bottles of two dollar andre yeah actually just mainlining it i forgot no no need for the plastic champagne glasses that go all the way down like you said he's in film school which is theater kid adjacent of course he's got bottles of champagne yeah it's it's not it's like if the venn diagram there's there's a large overlap or it's just one circle inside of the other that's definitely definitely a champagne it's either pbr or champagne those are the two things that those people at brooklyn film school are drinking maybe boxed wine like maybe maybe franzia i mean everyone drinks the franzia that's a universal college experience i assume or was it carlo rossi yuck that's the jug the jug yes the jug wine yeah for that was also four dollars they don't ice at brooklyn (laughs) film school (laughs) they don't they don't they don't at suny new paltz either to be fair (laughs) that is where our college experiences differ (laughs) oh dang I, think um, I saw at least one person get iced at New Paltz. I I believe it happened outside of our like theater kid community. Theater I fully believe it ice. happened. Um, um. So yeah, he sings "Addicted to Love." It's good because Kevin McHale is a good singer, and it's kind of interesting exactly. to yeah. see him not do an R and B number. Like that was my my entire rock. note. I was like, "This yeah. is a good song for him." I don't really I don't really have other commentary about it being in the episode. Nope. Um. And then it ends, and he's still in the recording studio with Julie, and he's like, ah, oh, yes, now please take it again, but with more Twilight in your voice. <laughs> I love that she was like, that is such yeah, a great direction. That's an amazing direction. And that's where you should have been like, oh, come on, Artie, if anyone who buys that, no, no, no. Uh, my next note is just, damn, Chris Colfer, so... Well, we fr- we skipped over. He asks her out, but uh, oh, yeah. she'd love to, but doesn't date anyone she's working with. Great. Smart. Pin in that. You're, cor- uh, you're correct. Stage combat brought to uh, brought to you brought to you by Kurt's new body. Yes. Um, Chris Culper was like, "I'm getting swole this season, and you can't fucking stop me." Right. Um, 
I thought Brody was the one coming up to him to be like, man, you're looking, your body's looking great, man. That would have been a better subplot. Bring Brody. Yes, bring, absolutely. Bring Brody back. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but as a love Bring interest Brody back. for Kurt instead this time. I gotta, that would have been hilarious. I gotta say, stage combat just looked really fun. Is the thing is, is that like I kept getting distracted, or is this just straight up combat class? I mean, this it's it's got it definitely over the course of the episode, it had shades of both. But I did uh, I did a bunch of stage combat when I was in college. Admittedly, I didn't do it for cool acting reasons. I did it because I was part of the medieval club. Um, here, I'm just I'm just adding to my credentials as person who has had sex. <laughs> Um, but I was the whole time I was watching, I was getting distracted because I was like, I would love to be in that class. And I think that Blaine, like if I was Blaine, I would be too distracted from they're both still laughing. Both of them are still laughing. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> this is I'm, no, you're doing great. Keep going. Keep episode going. ending saying, joke. Make a business card. Um, so, yeah, I was I was watching Blaine and being like, if I was him, I would simply be so excited to be in this room full of swords. Uh, yeah, and he's and like and I kept getting distracted. Talking about the weapons, <laughs> I kept getting distracted from the plot line. Okay, my only question is, why do they have to study so many different kinds of swords for stage combat? There, this is definitely like a, the, either they're in advanced stage combat and they've already covered like basics in another class, or this class needs to be split up into multiple levels because you're right, they're covering a lot of yeah. ground. They were doing full-on actual fencing alongside yeah, like having foam stage. weapons. That's, that's just, just yeah, that's just combat. That's just taking fencing. Yeah, there's nothing right. stage about this. Um, fascinating that we get a look into Blaine's or yeah, into Blaine's mind. Yeah. Um. Kurt's been working out. Blaine is admittedly jealous because he's used to being the one that was fawned over in high school. Yep. Um, we get a quick throwback to the McKinley High School Fight Club, A+. Yep. Um, and Kurt was just... Kurt, I mean, he sang the Rizzo part in Summer Nights. True. The line from Blaine, I guess I'm not used to Kurt being seen as a sexual object, is a wild thing to say. Bonkers. It is, it is definitely, in terms of phrasing and uh, sentiment, <laughs> a, a real specific thing to hear from Blaine, of all people. Yeah. But I think this is one of several times in the episode that I thought they are touching on something here that feels like it could be really good. Mm -hmm. Um. Because I think that this kind of changing of relationship when you enter college is normal and it's yeah. it's something that a lot of people experience and it could be a really interesting facet to a relationship that has been going on for a long time over the course of the show. But it wasn't landing for me and I thought maybe this is because I haven't watched the rest of the show. But, you know, I have been hearing about the rest of the show and this felt, especially in the light of the previous episode, because Kurt, like, just got assaulted. Yes. Um, right. It felt like a... I forgot about that. It, it, felt, it felt like it wasn't supported by the, the structure of the show. And I'm wondering if it's just, like, this could have been an interesting storyline that they really couldn't nail just because this story, the limitations of this, of this story have prevented it. Um, would have actually been like just a quick thing that they could have kind of added that would have 
like made a sort of a connecting thread that if they had kind of made it so that Kurt getting so buff was kind of in reaction to yeah that's uh, the getting yes. I just like why the... didn't why didn't they connect those dots? That is my next. They that needed. is my question for you guys. And I was like, is he doing this because of that? Because it doesn't. They haven't said anything about no, it. No, they never. They say they gave that. a one passing comment where Blaine was like, and now he's like seen as this hero because of what happened. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That do you think his anxiety might have something to do with that? But right. it doesn't no, seem to be don't... the case. No, right. They needed either. So, as per last episode. That whole entire, like, hate crime thing could have been its own full episode yep. A plot without other distractions. Either they could have done that, and that incident leads to him, like, especially, like, with that conversation that he had with his father, and he's, like, grown in that moment. Yep. That could be a catalyst for him to, like, work out, bulk up, like, look to be the hero that he is. Or they could have had, an, like, an episode, even a B-plot, between then and now to give us that growth and that transformation. But instead, it has nothing to do with anything. It's just, yeah, Kurt's hot now. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah. Kurt's hot now, and Blaine hates it. Right. Which, again, is, like, that kind of insecurity, legit. A, a good Which character also trait. totally could but... have been, like, linked to the fact that, like, Blaine feels guilty for not, like protecting Kurt that last time and has instead just like his anxiety has been like well I guess now I'll I'll never be able to and like yeah, lets himself go like being left yeah. behind by all of New York and Kurt is right. uh, you know it's sink or swim and Kurt is swimming and Blaine is sinking it's been sinking yeah like and this could right. have and that's probably why this plot probably lands the best out of all of the plots we get this episode because especially if you have been watching it, it has been rooted in like Blaine having to move out because moving in with Kurt was too much and like the idea that Kurt has already established himself in the city and mm-hmm. he has a cool gay friend and like Blaine is having a lot of insecurity so this is building upon that it just went from like him being insecure about them living together to him being insecure about Star Child to him being insecure about like the body it's just it's all building really Right, and they could have done a better job of linking all that, especially when you consider, like, there's a lot of body shaming in the white gay community in particular, yeah. um, a topic of which I am not qualified to discuss. But I don't think anyone on this particular panel I, is uh No, I did research. Qualified. Um, I pulled up a couple of articles, and then at the end of my reading, I decided I still am not necessarily qualified to comment on it. <laughs> But except for the fact that, like, there is a ton of body shaming um, within the white game community, specifically, like, on Grinder, you will see so yep. many phrases. There's, like, no fats, no femmes. No femmes, yeah. Um, right. You have to be a certain, a certain height. You have to have a certain type of uh, physique. You have to label yourself into one of these different categories. And I think that to go into that, whole cultural aspect which was already a thing in 2014 um to go into it with kurt and blaine who just got here from ohio um and are probably children and are basically children like they would have they would have had to explain a lot of things and they it would have been too much of a stretch for those characters to like be deeply enmeshed in that culture at that time but i think that there's also something to be said for like connecting blaine's body image issues to 
the insecurities that a lot of gay men face about Mm -hmm. what their bodies look like and how long their bodies will continue to look this way before they one of the phrases in this i think it was the gq article by nick levine um thank you for citing your sources uh, you're well i have it right up here um uh h-bomb will not come for this podcast uh he had a quote in here (laughs) from a gay man which uh which related to him aging out of the twink bracket which for one thing fantastic phrase uh Mm -hmm. but for another thing it like actually speaks really specifically to like the fact that part of this is blaine is just in a transitional phase in his life and that's part of why his uh emotions are are so fucked up um but as you know as your body changes you stop being able to identify as a specific type of gay man and that's can cause like a full-blown identity crisis which it feels Mm -hmm. like is also sort of coming into play here so it didn't it didn't even feel like it was an ungrounded plot point it just felt like this story might have like the limitations of this story might not have been able to support the full potential of this storyline and i think again if this had been an overarching arc of like them growing up as like as gay men in New York, I don't think you even need to go much deeper than what everything you just said. Again, not qualified to speak on it, but even just to ground it and give it like that much more of its foundation to get the rest of what we see with uh, Clayne in this episode, like I think that's all you needed was mm-hmm. like here's here's the background of it. It goes pretty deep, but. Um, my boyfriend's hot now and i'm insecure yeah yeah i think a lot of a lot of good ideas but kind of unsupported which is like the glee that's the yeah that's the glee motto that's the glee way anyway sam sadie's is making out um they need to have another conversation boy they sure love talking these two they they do love talking there's so many conversations that's a that (laughs) makes this I still I didn't see that episode, but listening to you guys talk about it was very funny. Thank you. Um, and they end up back at that spot later. Anyway, yeah, that's, their spot. Um, that's their spot. So things never got too serious in high school. Uh, uh, um, but Mercedes has never really been serious with anyone. Uh, she's still a virgin. He's not. Okay. We know this. Do we know? I assume we know this. I hate that I'm asking. Do we know who Sam lost his virginity to? I don't think we do. I think it's just implied that because he's dated so many of the women at McKinley that are, like, sexually active, like Santana, like Brittany, I think it's just implied that he would have slept with them. Someone. Perhaps Maybe the school nurse. I think... I mean, absolutely. I'm sure he slept with Nurse Penny. Clint is weird. Um, I do... I don't think that it was ever... I don't think that mention was ever made of it. Um, admittedly, I'm the least qualified person to be answering this mm-hmm. question, but just uh, it seems like it seems like something that uh, that just never really came up for him. Glee, we're all unqualified. Yeah. <laughs> Glee aggressive. We too are unqualified. Um, but yeah, um, Sam is okay with it. Oh well, she she wants to uh, she wants to wait until she's like sure about the having sex thing, mm-hmm. and uh, Sam's okay with it. Except he's, he kind of he's, has a look. He keeps, he's okay with it. Yeah, he's he's okay with it. It does not stop him from asking again. He's like, "How about no. now?" 
Right. Yeah. We still have we just... like 40 minutes left of this show to get through. Um, and uh, yeah, so Sam, uh, so this is where the STD thing comes back. Yes. All the boys are together. Sam needs a clinic to get an STD test. Because um, he thinks that will all... help yeah. make Which, his case. That yeah. he I do think like his his phrasing of it as making a case well he didn't say that specifically but no. like he does seem to be doing it so he's like and if i and then if i do this then mercedes will be you know she'll be more he's okay to, with it he's trying to uh, like fill up the cup of like here's all the things yeah. that i need to do and but once that i do is, all the things the sex cup will be filled that is and... just like a good partner thing to do though like yes yes yeah do, do, do that not be like correct um but, you know you got there we should do it. And, like, Thoughtful. Sam, um, Kurt, and Blaine are both, like, you know, we haven't gotten tested since Blaine cheated on Kurt. But, you know, it's always responsible to do it again. Right. So they're like, yay, boys day out. Let's go get tested for STDs. <laughs> Thankfully, Glee makes the decision not to show us that part, at least. That was... I was fully waiting for that. Yeah. I was assuming the we were about to get them number, all peeing in a cup. The musical number <laughs> the of musical all of them. number about... Oh God! What would that number be? What would they sing in that? What song moment? would you sing about? About getting an STD test? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe something by Coldplay. <laughs> it was all yellow. Oh, was... oh no! <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, we're not gonna get better yep, than that. We got there. Uh, well done. Uh... <laughs> and is this the point where uh, at this restaurant where Blaine is ordered the large desserts? Oh yeah, yes. he ordered the frozen like a... hot chocolate, which yeah, okay frozen hot is something that I have heard of. Yes, what is you can a buy frozen one. hot chocolate? You can get one at Dunkin' Donuts right now. And, right. Okay, but that does which, like, imply a hot chocolate that has been frozen, which I think is just right. chocolate milk. I was going to say by definition that's not hot. Yeah. So a frozen hot like... chocolate differs from chocolate milk. It's like closer to a milkshake. But I would say really what it is, is a chocolate flavored, like, frappuccino. Like, mm. it has that sort of kind of slush, icy base, but it is just chocolate flavored. And calling okay. it a frozen hot chocolate makes it like the opposite of your coffee shop standard. That okay. does sound delicious. Yeah. Totally. Maybe I will get yeah, one from you... Dunkin' Donuts. I hope they still sell them, and I haven't just lied to you. <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm like, 85% sure I they do. I'm also pretty sure. They're pretty good. I've had one once in a moment of, like, what if I just want dessert right now? Because that is what it is. It, it is a dessert. It's dessert. Yeah. It's, a it's liquid dessert. dessert. Dunkin' Donuts, sponsor our podcast. It's not too late. Oh, my God. There's I could do a lot with a Dunkin' sponsorship. Like Same. <laughs> Dunkin', we are so ready for this. I live equidistant between two Dunkin's Donuts, Please sponsor yeah. our and show. We're in Massachusetts. There is never yeah. a Dunkin' According Donuts to a more random than a TikTok, stone throw away. I just saw that the uh, Massachusetts is the second only to New York in the most Dunkin' Donuts. First <laughs> state. I was so happy you brought that up. Which I is was funny so happy you brought that up. When you compare probably the size and capita of those two states, yeah. that we are only a couple hundred Dunkins behind. Yeah, we do need we need a density factor. Like we need the the density how of how many Dunkins per person. Yeah, how many mm-hmm. Dunkins per person? How many Dunkins per uh, acre? Yeah. <laughs> I live per in the middle of nowhere, footage. and I'm I can drive to three different Dunkins in the span of about ten minutes. <laughs> and I live in the woods. I love that for you. I love that for you. 
Man. And they're not all created equal. That's true. No, That's no, a fucking no. fact. As someone who lives in New York City, I can tell you for sure. Not all Duncans are created equal. Mm-mm. Anyway, Artie has chlamydia. <laughs> Artie has chlamydia. Um, he's I asymptomatic. To, I do have to ask a question. Please. Chlamydia is the one we call the clap, right? I thought that was gonorrhea. I don't know. See, that's the thing. Googling. Thank you, Rascal. <laughs> Which one is Rascal's the clap? Rascal's on it. Uh, gonorrhea hey, was the clap. Okay. How come? Uh-huh. Um, oh, shut up, Siri. Why is gonorrhea called clap? It's a reference it to the French CL. word clapier, which means brothel. Okay. That makes which sense. is a place chlamydia... where gonorrhea can be transmitted, but so can any other. So it probably... You could call any of them the clap yeah. then. I think chlamydia was the clam. Yuck. I mean, makes I sense, but... Also, not once in this episode did they do that parody song of, I got the clap and well, he I'm didn't giving have it gonorrhea, to you. That's why. Um, uh, well, yeah, to be right, you're right. Oh, terrible news. You are correct about the clam. Yuck. <laughs> and now I have chlamydia nicknames in my Google search history. <laughs> your your Google search history just you're from just today. I'm so today. sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, man. Wait till we get to the porn plot line. <laughs> um, anyway, but we're not there yet. No. Um, so Artie. So upon finding out that Artie has chlamydia. We see him cut to a corner of Washington Square Park. Uh, I thought he was contemplating rolling into traffic. No, he wasn't. No. Um, I know. What but... instead we get is the shot that I believe convinced Rascal to be on this episode. Because <laughs> when we started this project several years ago, and I was like tr- telling, because like I couldn't tell you, Ian, how weird Glee got because you needed to be fresh. But I need to tell someone. <laughs> And Rascal will That was listen. the whole conceit of the show. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, look at, look at how weird this show gets. And I believe I just sent her a picture of Artie as a large STD on a street corner. Yeah. That was that was one of my first... Because I had not seen Glee outside of the like few episodes that I watched when my mom and my sister were watching it. Um, so that was one of the first impressions that I got of uh, late seasons Glee. Um, and yeah, I saw it. I was like, I want to know what's going on there i assumed at the time that that was something that he was wearing in reality um because it looked so much like a costume what a a delightful peek behind our own curtain Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) honestly i think it's the most iconic part of the episode it is the only thing i ever remember about this episode i forget about like the solemn plots of like should I lose my virginity to my boyfriend and me and my boyfriend are in competition with each other? All I think about is Artie on a street corner dressed as an STD. Yeah, and what looks like the most uncomfortable costume to yeah. be wearing. Especially when you it's have to be, be sat down like that. It looks so scratchy. Mm-hmm. Well, it um, ought to be. It ought <laughs> <Okay>. to be. <laughs> you can't make your STD costume comfy. No, I guess not. <laughs> That would not be true. Um, this is a great episode, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the, like this episode sucks, but I'm glad we're having such fun. Um, uh, so we th- we also immediately learn after that that Artie does not wear condoms. Okay, hold on. <sighs> There's a quick non-sex related thing we have to talk about first. So we cut back to the loft. Blaine and Sam are watching TV. They're watching a show that whose name I can't remember already. Right. And there's, like, a joke, like, it gets better next season, whatever. But then they do cut to, like, a shot where you can see Blaine and Sam and the TV in the background. The credits are rolling. The credits are for the show 
Glee. I knew it. I knew it. I, knew it. I clocked that too. Okay, that's of such the a show deep Glee. cut. And all right, good job, Glee directors. Oh my god, good job. I love Glee that. exists in the Glee universe. Yeah, that wow. was that was somebody having such a good time. Someone had a little laugh there. Someone was yeah, like, "Hee hee, funny joke." Someone was definitely like, "Let's see how many people clock this yeah. and talk about it on their podcast." <laughs> like three have. <laughs> definitely. Um, um, yes. So yeah, a plus. Artie's like, I don't know how this could have happened. And Blaine very recently was like, well, do you wear condoms? And Artie's like, no. And he's nope. like, well, that's how it happened. <laughs> you dumb fuck. And then, and Sam, and then Sam yells out. at Artie. No, literally, he's literally going, I am slut shaming you, slut, slut. slut. It's like the shame bell of Glee. I, yes. I okay. That this is a line where I wrote, this could have been a funny line. I kind of wish that I was watching Community when I mm. when I watched it because I was like that would have been really mm-hmm. funny on Community because they like understand yes. humor and yes, they and, know but how to make comedy comedy. I think part of why it didn't land is that Court Overstreet went for it and that like I appreciate that but it did sound like he was a little uncomfortable with it <laughs> nevertheless like it sounded like he was like I don't know how to deliver this line so I'm gonna give it everything I've got and like <laughs> sincerely zero shade to him he did he he did great. But it did. It did also sound like he maybe didn't have the direction that he needed. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Yeah, there was just there, there was an edge of panic a couple times. Yeah, like Cord over um, streets. Like, am I gonna get canceled for this? And right, he, this was Cord being uncomfortable, not Sam. And and it also like he was. I, I don't. I, I don't know if it is the show Glee or if it is Sam, but uh, it doesn't necessarily know what a slut is. Like, no. That was uh, because Artie had not even revealed that he was sleeping with multiple women at the time. It was just he wasn't wearing condoms. Right. Yeah. The, the multiple women sleeping with came right after. Yeah. And they're like, you got to tell them because they could be spreading it too. Um, my True. next note for the commercial break was who cares? Um, but then after the commercials, we get uh, he he's telling the girls. Yep. Um, I think Vanessa's the first one. He tells the yes. Yeah. The, the he redhead. Tells- French redhead. She's like, I'm going to tell everybody to stay away from you. You're so gross. How could you do this to me? Now I have to go down and be stared at in the school clinic. And he's like, oh, okay. That does suck. You're right. And then he tells the second girl, um, Punky Brewster. Brewster, yep, of course. Um, (laughs) He tells Punky Brewster, and she's like, oh, that's fine. Um, I guess I should get tested, too. Um, No big. NBD. No big, which... For all we know, I gave it to Good you. For... Right. Yeah. Okay. Oddly mature. Um... I don't know if that is um, the mature. I mean, I don't know what the mature response to being told you might have chlamydia is. I, I think... don't think it is Fair. no I... big deal. I think that Fair. that is the mature response if you are confident in chlamydia's like ability to be cured and the... Yes the fact that you like there there is a level of maturity to it where it's like obviously neither of us wanted this to happen and you told me and that's good uh i don't think that absolutely no big deal is necessarily the correct internal response but in a response to Artie, that was probably a good way to go yes there's got to be a middle ground between both those girls' responses, yeah, and I think that's probably the right listen, one. Where it's like, hey, as probably... someone who, 
Okay. Who has had an STD scare. Okay. I thought it's, you were full blown correct. about to admit just like as someone, as someone who's had as someone who has gonorrhea right now. <laughs> um, no, like I, th- there was an STD scare once upon a time, and it's like, um, thank you okay. for telling me. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I, I'm going to get tested now. Which and is then the it turns out responsible thing to do. And it turns out City MD gave me a clean bill of health, and then my ex, my now my now ex yeah. had to get tested again. Was like, okay, yeah, no, it's not a thing. Um, anyway. There is a middle ground. That yes. is all to say. There's a middle ground. Um, and um, third girl, I'm yes. trying to remember Julie. her name. Julia. Julie. Julie approaches um, and is like, hey, I thought about you asking me I was crazy to turn you down. Like, yeah. I should never have turned you down. Let's go out right now. Or okay. tonight. Okay. And is already yeah, wearing and he the- he doesn't tell her Is already it. wearing the STD, like the the imaginary STD costume in this I believe. I believe they cut to him in it briefly it all runs together i think so at some point yeah yeah i know that Um, he's wearing it again later and i mm -hmm. do i think actually because (laughs) because it will continue to come up i think that that is a very clever sort of visual metaphor for the feeling of sort of shame and and like the feeling that like everyone knows by looking at you yeah like no way they could this the the shame associated with it and the fact that like glee does actually talk about the stigma of this mm-hmm. in in kind of a good way by just showcasing it um but that feels accurate for being like 19 year olds yeah, yeah exactly like the the feeling of oh god i have this std and uh it is so, like it's something that i'm sort of carrying around and hoping that nobody notices, but it feels so obvious. And like, that's yep. a, that's a really clever, I think it is a really clever thing that they did. And I wanted to say that because I feel like I am going to keep on dunking on the costume as it comes up because it really like, it, it it's a little too cartoony. It feels like to me. And it also somehow just looks so much like a costume that it, the look of it every time you see him is that he is wearing this in the show. Like this is what Artie's, outfit is he didn't have any other clean clothes like this it 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 just keeps on striking me as now Artie's wearing his full body std costume <laughs> instead of like this is a visual metaphor for what's happening yeah poor Artie. karina no i'm just oh. thinking about Artie and his std costume okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, had this, you had this expression of like like you were you yeah. were a woman in a stock photo who was having an idea <laughs> no right you looked like you were about to like go on a complete like genius rant no i have nothing just no thoughts head empty already in costume <laughs> okay well let's Good. talk about church then oh yeah um, we do go to okay church two okay so they're like pulling up in nice clothes there was no part of me and Sam's like, are you sure I'm dressed okay? No part of me was prepared for them to walk into a congregation. I was like, oh, they're, under the, they're at like a music yeah. industry event. I something. also thought they were at a music industry event. And for right. it to be church? Literally, the first three notes I have are to church? Here? Also, like, good. I don't Him? know how long Mercedes has been here. It seems like it's been about a week and a half. But she's really ingrained herself into this congregation very quickly, so good for her. Look, we've seen it before. All she has to do is say, hi, church. Yeah, that's true. She did yeah. say hi, church. And I mean, th- correct. They they should let her sing anytime she wants. Yeah, she yeah. just... Okay, so, like, 
Sam is in black shirts for the first time, and he's like, this is really long. And then he's like, whoa, they really go hard at black church. And Mercedes <laughs> is like, yep, that's why I brought you here, I guess. I don't know. Makes a comment about his butt being too bony. Oh, yeah, you need to grow a cushion or something. Yeah, grow a church, yeah, cushion. church cushion. And then, And then the pastor is like, and now for the real reason of the season... Mercedes Jones is going to sing. And then she just walks up, hugs him, and just starts singing into his face. No mic. Yes. No, like, no mic. intro. Just starts singing. And you know what she's singing? A foreigner song. Yeah, she just starts singing, I want to know what love is, at the pastor. And the context in which she's singing a foreigner song in church, unmiked, is she's like, let me get up in front of my church, my new church, probably, and sing about how I maybe want to fuck my boyfriend. But I'm not sure. Yeah, like, it's related completely to their plotline of whether or not she's ready to have sex, and she's doing it at a, church. Hey, church, here's a song about whether or not I'm gonna fuck. Bring the choir in. Yeah, <laughs> let me sing "Foreigner" to you to decide whether or not I want to get boned down. And listen, but also like only 24 bars of it. Yeah, she sure. did great. Again, absolutely. My my she's every note here about every song. Like the only thing that I write about any song in here is I'm like. Hell yeah, this sounds great. I have zero musical problems. Devoid like, of context, it's lovely. The yeah, fact that exactly. she's singing in church and <laughs> in her pastor's face, the foreigner song but with her. You it, give it context. And it's wackadoodle yep. time. Give it context <laughs> and it becomes buck wild. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at the end of it, they both look happy, so. Right. Sam yeah. seems right. to have decided that her doing this means she does, in fact, want to bone down. Right. And she maybe has two? Who knows? Mm. Uh, we got back to combat class. Yep. Um, it's shirts versus skins is because, of course, it is. Is this all boy class? No, because there's, there's, there's lady combatters is this, in the number. Is this. So. You can't do shirts versus skins in stage combat class like that. Yeah. I mean, or at all in an educational setting. That feels like it's against <laughs> yeah, a policy. That's not a good. So you probably I shouldn't tell your students to take their shirts off. All the girls had to be on the shirt side, or yeah, um, it's just worse already <laughs> than yeah. it already seemed. <laughs> yeah, you got two options. One is shirts; the other yeah. is a lawsuit. I think yeah. this. I think this. My theory that I'm making up right now, because yes, later in combat class, there's girls. I I clocked them, but in this little brief scene, is this like hmm. special male bonding, like? secret stage combat class where you go and take your shirts off and get sweaty like is this homoerotic stage combat class no girls allowed it's greco-roman stage combat class i mean if it it was they were doing uh like greco-roman combat at the time because like half of them were spartans um Mm -hmm. so yeah actually that makes total sense that's the that'd be the only explanation is this is the secret boys club combat class where you, the next yeah. step is they all get oiled up and wrestle, I assume. So, historically accurate <laughs> amounts of homoerotic tension. Yeah, and really, that's what theater school is about. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If there's one thing we know about theater school, it's a, it's about period accurate homoerotic Greco-Roman wrestling. Yes. And speaking speaking of which, yeah. Um. Kurt asks Blaine for a date night. He whips up this heavy dinner of, like, fettuccine Alfredo and lava cake. And Kurt's like, well, what if we, like, get a salad? 
and walk to the movies and he's like um <sighs> excuse me are you calling me fat okay. and he's like um so before we get to no? so before we get to the porn stuff let's right. talk about the like bad takes happening here right because first of all there's blaine like it's played that blaine is trying to like fatten kurt up right so that's like why his yeah. food choices are supposed to be viewed as inappropriate because he's trying to like make kurt on an even playing field by purposely making a meal that is like very caloric but kurt's response is very much like not how we like to talk about food anymore that like those are bad foods we should like he sounds like a doctor trying to tell a patient to lose weight like well have you considered walking sometimes mm-hmm. maybe cut, cutting out the pots and having a salad like it's very much bad food takes bad body takes happening it sounds like the same kind of phrasing and rhetoric that people with eating disorders uh often will employ mm-hmm. in in the um in in the cert, like disguised as as health um but there was another article that I read about uh, about like a gay men's body image that specifically talked about how uh, grinder in particular, uh, but also just gay male culture in general, um, promoted a certain type of eating specifically. Like mm. there was a there mm-hmm. is a culture of uh, eating a certain way oh, god i wish i'd i wish i'd highlighted some quotes but i just left all of these articles up and said i probably can't You'll figure it have out this conversation <laughs> um so it, but it was it was interesting to see how like again they are sort of skirting a subject that they it feels like it was written with um it, it feels like it was written with this sort of subculture in mind but not enough to actually touch on it or uh, name it or mention it anyway, just like applying it all to Kurt as if it's an individual thing as opposed to a systemic thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, that's that's when Kurt finds Blaine's porn. Kurt finds Blaine's bro, porn. Bro, why are you leaving that up on your... Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't even close like, the browser tab? It's just the yeah. first thing that shows up on the screen. And it was... What like, was it called? Fratboyphysicals.com. Fratboyphysicals. Yep. You don't have a like a lock screen. Yeah. You don't right. It's you have password protection. This implies that this was like just happening. Just happening, or like when you open up a browser, it's his homepage. Like, yeah, because he'd been in the dark. kitchen for a while. It sounded like yeah, right. Um, and that, I, uh, that sparks a whole thing. They haven't been intimate in about a week. Um, and is this why, um, Kurt doesn't want to talk about it? Yeah. They very yeah. much they're like this is uncomfortable. Let's just ignore Not. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. By the way, Rachel's here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Apparently, being friends Ra- with Mercedes again. Rachel can't be in the sex episode because then they would have to confront her relationship status. So right. This, um, right. That's it did a good feel point. like they felt a little bit um unmoored with with Rachel, and which like completely understandable. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Rachel Berry was a completely different character in this episode than any episode we've seen yeah, thus far. Yeah, they just—they were like, "Well, Mercedes needs to talk to another woman about this," and the only other woman we have on the show right now is Rachel Berry. So, yeah, literally. Um, 
Yeah, blah blah. It's like it's a like a very it's very very special episode to me. Yes. Where Mercedes is like, tell me about your first time, and Rachel was like, it was special because it was with a person I loved. Um, you'll know when Which... it's right. Yeah, like okay. Yeah, right. Whatever. It's very like cookie cutter. Let's like talking about your first time kind of scene. You know, I yeah. can tell you that a lot of the Mercedes plot, uh, Gilmore Girls did did it already. So. <laughs> That's that. Which, yeah, yeah. And Gilmore Girls, I feel like, definitely could support it with its yes. foundation of heartfelt relationships. Yeah, although it seemed like Lee we'll was going it. for that. I just we'll want to yeah the parallels later where yeah, just, it was not mm. good. But I want to double back real fast and say mm-hmm. I found it. it was in a Rolling Stone article. Um, said that Grinder was one of the most important predictors of orthorexia, the unhealthy obsession with eating healthy foods. Mm. Um, and this is alongside a list of things that like grinder grinder use is a predictor for in terms of uh body image uh body image situation um i'm this is rolling stone by spencer mcnaughton uh i'm so sorry for pronouncing your name badly citing your sources citing my sources i'm so sorry that i'm doing it out loud and don't know how to say your last name well, you know, we're doing something. It's yeah. you Good job at Rolling Stone. I think yeah, we're we're doing important work though. Yeah. So where were we? We were talking we? about oh yeah, the like thirty seconds of Rachel we get, and then it's and then it's done. oh yeah, yeah. Because then we go to fencing class, right? And um, yeah, we get love as a battlefield. Yeah, this is when I was like, okay, yes. there's girls here now. Um, yes. And the instructor is like, this is a real bow staff, which I'm like, that seems like the kind of person who would teach a combat. Actually, <laughs> it does track that they're like, can you teach stage combat? And that guy was like, I can teach combat. Fuck yes. <laughs> and like, for sta- the stage. Stage yeah, combat, right, right? Right, right? Yes, I can yeah, teach right, you combat. combat. Guy had the energy <laughs> of a guy who owns like seven katanas. Yes. Oh my god, you're right. He has yeah. a spot in his backyard where he can throw ninja stars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely like a brownstone in Brooklyn that has that backyard and his neighbors hate him. Yes. <laughs> um, so it's like rotating through your weapons and also singing about your feelings because, of course, nothing better expresses what Kurt and Blaine are going through than Pat Benatar. Um, I mean, to be fair, this number was pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. This number. They sound choreography. Great. Yeah. They sound great. That choreography was sharp until, like, the last 30 seconds of it when I guess they gave up. Yeah, well, but, you know. Yeah, well, they had to transition into the fencing, and they couldn't do that with camera work or anything. But, no, no I, I, I mean, again, I, like, uh, I don't have seven katanas. I don't even have one katana, but I do have multiple swords. And mm-hmm. I, I am the kind of person that will just, like, if I see cool stage combat or cool regular combat, I'm just like, yeah, look! And so seeing, seeing like, dance choreography that is also combat-oriented with, like, a cool number. Ten out of ten, it. no notes? Yeah. I would I would watch it every day. Um, you should bring one of your swords to Arby's when you fight Ryan Murphy. <laughs> I will bring all of my swords to Arby's. Yeah! He can, he can have his choice of sword, and then we'll We'll go at it. And you'll do a proper duel. Yeah. You exactly. Have, you'll fight honorably, of course. Look, listeners, it wouldn't be a proper rascal episode if we didn't bring up the Arby's Fight Club. Yeah, Arby's Fight Club, much like Blaine's former Fight Club. It's mm-hmm. Exactly. A proper touchstone. I don't really have a ton of, like, needing to fight in an Arby's in this episode, unfortunately. It's just no. kind of like, 
it feels like you you took good swings. Mm. Yeah. And the reason that you missed is just you did not have. I don't know enough about baseball to know what that's about enough... baseball, right? Is it golf? Sure. Yes. Who knows? I mean, both. Technically, you swing, you swing both in both. Yeah. Okay. They took you good can... swings and they miss. They stroke out. I assume. Swing okay. and a miss. Yeah. So, so. I mean, you can also miss in golf. So. Right. And and the you reason for the ball, miss was the lack work. of support of the narrative, which is like not so having a bat. That's more like golf. That's more I like guess. golf. No, no good tee. To oh yeah, you don't have a goes on. unpunished. Oh, um, the point is. Please buy our Arby's Fight Club merch linked in the show notes at our bonfire page. Yeah. I have an Arby's um, Fight Club t-shirt. Yeah, you do. And I wear it. Uh, I wear it out. I can't wear it to work probably because I feel like I would get questions from the parents. But Yeah, that's not a good shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. So they're fencing and like Blaine gets hit pretty hard. Um a couple times. Not supposed yeah. to do that in stage combat. I can tell you that. No, that's just combat. They're just that's taking just a fencing class, which is yeah. fine. But but yeah, don't, don't call, call it stage, stage combat because that's. I mean, it's treated as like all of the all of the kids are laughing at Blaine. They're like, look at that guy getting his ass beat by the hot guy. But if they if they are in stage combat class, Kurt is doing things very wrong and badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. I never took stage combat in college. Uh, they didn't offer that class while I was there. But, like, anytime there was a stage combat anything and in any production that has required a fight call that I've been part of, it is the most serious piece of that process. Like, yeah, because otherwise I did last the year, liability is probably, like, through the roof if someone gets oh, hurt during stage combat. Yeah, it would be, be real dangerous if bunch of people just let like a bunch of kids who run the medieval club kind of do what they want with real swords how many people <laughs> got hurt in the medieval club i to, i am the only person that i know who got hit with an axe like like okay. who actually got hit but not intentionally on the other person's part obviously um and yes i won't i won't put anybody on blast um but like by and large we actually did a really good job of like teaching good stage combat like rules and the and it, it was like there was a it was a big theater school so there was a lot of overlap between the theater kids and the medieval kids but Shocker. um we did not have the oversight of <laughs> of an adult or a professional we had uh a bunch of kids with swords yeah um, i mean they're fighting he gets hurt that's just yeah bad yeah. bad vibes oversight yeah Bad vibes, and um, now we're at dinner at the diner with Sam Sadie's. Artie then enters with Julie for their date. This is a terrible first date spot. This is a terrible date spot in general. Okay, here's a fun fact. We cut first that Sam and Mercedes are at the diner on a date because there's only one restaurant set for Glee. Sam and yep. Mercedes are sit on the same side of the booth, people, which means I don't respect them. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I want to know more about this. People who are, like, out to eat together and sit on the same side of the table or on the same side of the booth, leaving just... So when you're, like, serving them, they're they're just an, a weird audience of two staring up at you as you try to, like, provide you them lay with down food. plates. Like, it's weird. I don't like it. No, I that's mean, not I how tables work. You're right. <laughs> it is impossible to have a conversation in that configuration. You're looking at nothing. That's, and you're yeah, next you're to right. each other. 
It's for mm. people who want to grope each other, I assume. I mean, they are, well, I was going to say they are 19, but the whole, yeah, the whole premise of this plot <laughs> is that they're not Maybe groping Sam each is other. hoping for some groping. Okay, which is a yeah. a fun little poem. That would, I'd buy that. Like, cruising for um, a prison, but, yeah. <laughs> Sam is hoping for some groping. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I could go on, yeah. but I won't. Um, I got distracted by them sitting on the same side of the booth. I don't know what they yeah. were talking about. Assumably I mean, about, like, oh, okay, we glossed over that when, they arrived at church. Sam was like, by the way, clean bill of health for STDs. Right. And you're he knew right. he was at a church, even though we didn't. Yes. And you just brought his clean bill of health there. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Here you go, a present for you, m'lady. And the other thing that they were talking about here at the, um, here uh, on their date was Mercedes was like, because uh, like he tries to buy dinner and stuff, and Mercedes is like, you don't have money, so no. <laughs> and then she says, look, I hope that you're not doing all of this really sweet stuff because you, you think, think that that's going, going to, to lead to, to sex. You. And he was like, yeah. I don't think that. I think it's possible that maybe <laughs> this night might possibly. She's like, we're doing this okay. again. Yeah. <laughs> we're having the same conversation right. again. We're having this conversation again. Meanwhile, Artie is on his date with not Sugar Mata because I yeah. think she looks a lot like Sugar Mata. Hmm. Um, and throughout Kurt taking their order and all of this regular restaurant-based interaction, Artie is hearing STD Yeah, the Wartburger, and... Ruben's got a lot of pus. Um, oh, God. It, oh, God. Okay, well, first of all, they walk in and uh, Julie is like, wow, this place seems cool. Definitely worth a 70-minute subway ride. It was only 45, but still... Which, That's too long which was to funny. go to not Ellen's. It was, but it's yeah. too long to go to not Ellen's Stardust yeah. Diner. It does show that Artie's kind of a bad date, dragging someone. Like, yes. out of all yeah. the. You go to school in Brooklyn where there's presumably a lot cooler places, but you're like, would you like to go to this Broadway themed singing diner in Times Square? And I am going to be thinking about STDs the entire time. Also, <laughs> Kurt being like. Kurt being like do you need a table or a booth and he hears like hpv or something else or, um, yeah um but it's weird frankly that kurt is offering him a table or booth at all because it would be really hard to accommodate Artie with a booth at a booth yeah so i think that they wrote that line for the joke and didn't think the slightest bit about the characters which like yeah surprise Duh. um seems like kurt's having a lot of fun this episode Seems yeah. like a fun episode yeah. to be playing Kurt. He's getting to flex on people. He's getting to do stage yeah. combat. He's getting to make a lot of jokes about STDs. Kurt's a real winner here. Yeah. Um, there and is a joke, Ian, you know, where like he's taking their order. And he's like, oh, it's someone's birthday. Clap, clap, clap. clap, clap, clap. clap. So, you know, <laughs> they fit it in there. Yeah, yeah. It's not the Wiggles the, or the not Wiggles Fake song. Wiggles, yeah. Um, yeah, but you know, we'll take it. Um and Artie is and... intermittently wearing the suit. The yes. STD yes. suit during this. Yep. The costume. And I thought that is the this is the most uncomfortable set to be wearing that on. Yeah, to have to be sitting in yeah. the fake diner set wearing the world's worst costume. Bummer. Uh, um and he can't t- finally he can't take it anymore and he's like Julie, I really care about you, and I think it's important for our relationship that we not have sex for the next seven to ten days. And she's like, we've been on a date for one whole hour. Okay, um, Julie is all yeah. of us in this whole episode. Julie that to, is a This back half episode say. of Julie is choice. Because she's like, yes. we don't have a thing between us. 
this is brand new. I wasn't particularly thinking about sex yep. at all right now. But right. I think I can wait a week. And Artie says at least 10 days. Or 10 days. Or 10 days. Yeah. And then we, we launch into this song. Yeah, we go straight from that to walking along the riverside. All four of them. Yeah. It's, like is singing it a double date to now? and at and like around each other. And in a way that seems very diegetic, I will say. It did very seem diegetic. very diegetic, which made it feel weirder that Sam wasn't singing. Like, we don't yeah. know Julie. Maybe she can't sing. But, but Sam was just kind of watching. And at the end of the song, she is, like, forced to stand there and do, like, right. ooze. Like, she was yes. like, I can't, I can't fight this anymore. Like, like, held at gunpoint. I guess this is and the And Sam is, like, begrudgingly doing it. But, I mean, I, again, though, a Mercedes and Artie, again, I don't care what they're singing. They sound yeah. great. Uh, devoid of context, it's lovely. They're singing Janet Jackson's <laughs> Let's Wait a While. Um, Thank you for yeah. that, because I'd never heard the song ever in my life, not once. And it was real. They, I mean, I, this was a moment where I was like, okay, they they knew about this song, and so they worked outward from it. <laughs> or they were like... Or were they like, God, has anyone ever written a song about abstinence? And someone like, Googled, like, songs about abstinence. And they were like, guess what, guys? Yeah, there's one called Let's Wait a While. And, and it's, it's going to save us. About, it's literally about waiting for the right moment to have sex. And Ryan Murphy was like, give that guy a raise. Um, fun fact about this song. Uh, it became very successful during the height of the AIDS pandemic. Yeah, huh. that's because that's... it's an anthem to sexual abstinence. Well, <laughs> ding. Yeah. Some teachers adopted it as a tool to help steer students towards abstinence. And so did Glee. Man, we weren't there, but the 80s were wild. The song is, I mean, again, devoid of context, the song is good. Yes. In, In context, context, it's that Bananas. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> bananas and again we are all julie just being like what yeah. the fuck like i was waiting for julie to be like do they always just why are sing you like singing this? to me and like normally i'm not a huge fan of shows that like break their own immersion where it's like yeah. if you have the one straight man that's like uh what's the deal with these guys it's like okay yeah. respect your own show but this did feel so diegetic and part of it was that like Julie was feeling weird about the things that Artie was saying, so she's like, okay, it doesn't make it better that you sang it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, the fact that you decided to... We've already had a conversation about not having sex, so the fact that you felt the need to then sing a Janet Jackson song at me... Again, we've been on a date for, at most, two and a half hours right now. Even, <laughs> yeah, even she says, like, this thing we had started an hour yeah. ago. And to do it as a duet with your much more... Like, with your very talented friend and her awkward boyfriend, like... What's going on here? Yeah, like it right. feels really. It's it, that's an intense song to be singing for people who yeah. have been dating for one hour. Yes, <laughs> it's wild. Ugh, Absolutely, this wild. is our one-hour anniversary song. Yes, and it's about not having it's very sex special for seven to ten days. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So then, uh, Mercedes is preying on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but not for too long because then we cut to them back at their brownstone. Yeah and making out off screen like, they're they're making out and she's like ever hear of hell to the no which like again you got the song title in there yeah. congrats um yeah so she needs to wait he can dig that but like for how long and mercedes is like i want to wait till i'm married it sounds old-fashioned but to me it's sacred and vulnerable i can't just be exposed to anyone and sam's like well i'm not just anyone 
And well, Sam's response when being told she needs to wait until marriage is like, okay, but how are we going to get I married? I can't get in two married weeks? in like, two weeks. Yeah, yeah. His so which, which like Sam clearly had a timeline in his head, which is I can wait about two weeks for you to figure this out. And right. You saying that you want to wait till marriage is really a. Uh, not what it's I really had speeding in, things yeah. along yeah, here. Yeah, not what I had in the cards here. And she's she basically gives him the no. It's not really an ultimatum, but I mean it is an ultimatum, but it's not phrased somewhere where she's like, "Is this no. something that you can do?" And he says, "Can I have some time to think about it?" Which some part of this feels really progressive now, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. now we have more frank conversations about like sex is very important to some people having mm-hmm. sex and connecting right. with their partner in that way is important to some people. And Sam's response is not like, no way you owe it to me. It is yeah. more like, I need to decide if this is something that I can put up can, with, can with sex yeah. being something important to me. So it felt it, what me watching it now in 2024, I was like that this feels like it is more progressive now than maybe I was supposed to be taking it. 10 years ago because it seems like 10 years ago maybe i'm supposed to be thinking that he is like you know being a is is he being a jerk like right and like i mean they could have gone either way with sam in that moment they could have been it could have been like the angry jerky you owe it to me um and that also i think would have made sense for sam but at the same time, like, Sam actually being considered about it also works. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they weren't going to make Sam be, like, blow up at Mercedes. Yeah, they they wouldn't have, they would wouldn't have given him the hard villain. I'm just, I guess, I wish that I remembered what the culture was like ten years ago, because I wonder if I'm supposed to think of him as being like, oh, he's so short-sighted, can't he see that this is true love and he can wait however long? Or was I, was I supposed to say... Well, hey, yeah, maybe that's something he has to decide. So, circling back to my Gilmore Girls parallel. So, Gilmore Girls mm. did this same plot, basically, um, with the character of Lane, who's, like, raised in a really, like, fundamentalist household, is really rebellious, and, like, um, and then she's, like, dating this guy, and he's asking her, like, what, like, she's like, okay, we need to take it. So, I'm not ready. He's like, yeah, when will you be ready? And like the twist with her is that she like spits out like not even think about it like oh i'm waiting i have to be married and she didn't realize like like that's one part of her like upbringing that has stuck and so like and then they just end up marrying her off like really quickly and it, that's so, right it's a bad plot um <laughs> poor lane lane can discern better um Gilmore justice Girls. for lane um and but they sort of did the same thing there where, like, her boyfriend is sort of, like, taken aback and, like, was, like, does not break up with her, needs some time to think about it, and then ultimately decides that being in a relationship. And I think, although I think the ultimate plot of Gilmore Girls is he's like, okay, yeah, fine, I feel like I can see us being together long term, so I'm willing to wait this out with the assumption we'll probably get married pretty soon. Which is not what Glee does. So it's not quite the same, but there's some precedent for that, like not just immediately dumping someone and being a jerk or because they say they need to wait until marriage unexpectedly. Right. Yeah. I spent the whole episode being like, what other show has like a character who's suddenly like, I need to wait until marriage to have sex. And then by the end of it, I was like, it's Gilmore Girls. 
Of course, it's Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I think they do occupy kind of similar emotional spaces, kind of, mm-hmm. of like, it's coming of age, but it's also coming of relationship, but it's also musical theater. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's a show yeah. Sutton Foster might be on, you know? Yo, you're so correct for that. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I'm surprised Sutton Foster was never on Glee. Me too. <laughs> Sorry, I needed a moment. Thousand yard stare of Ian yeah. thinking about Sutton Foster <laughs> on Glee. That and like Bernadette Peters, because it was like, well, they absolutely could have, but they didn't. They didn't. And like, why? But also like, good, but also like, why? But also like, thank God, but also like, girl, don't. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, Kurt and Blaine are in the loft. Um, they talk about the the physical the combat they had yeah um and then they're like okay well when it's two guys in a relationship it's always a contest right which that's and that's that's, yucky that seems to be the resolution that the that the episode landed on and again none of us are qualified to speak on those dynamics of two men in a relationship I, I could see that being a thing if you're in an unhealthy relationship. Yeah, but to I his think credit, unhealthy is really the term there. Yeah. Right. And to his credit, Kurt is the one that's like, I never saw myself in competition with you. Like, you can... Because what, what this comes to is Blaine opening up to the fact that, like, um, he... Uh, Kurt is really thriving and he's growing and he's physically getting stronger and people are loving him and that makes him feel insecure because he always felt like he could be uh, Kurt's like knight in shining armor from the moment that he stepped foot in uh, Dalton to get away from Karofsky and now that Kurt is basically his own person now Blaine feels a little like like you were saying Rascal Kurt is swimming Blaine is sinking um which, like, totally, that's, like, I mean, to an extent, like, that's a very real way to feel. Like, especially in your first year in New York, that first year in New York is always really fucking hard. It's very easy to feel like you're sinking, especially when people, you know, have been there for a minute and are indeed, if not swimming, at least have their footing and are more comfortable. And you just um, got here and you don't know anybody and your boyfriend is so hot and you mm-hmm. are still feel like a high schooler whose pants don't fit anymore. Right. Which I mean, like, get used to get yeah. used to that. Get used to that. that feeling for one thing. Blade the rest of your life, but right. it also you're, you're not in high school. Yeah. Sorry, big fish, little pond, vice exactly. versa, yes, whatever. Exactly. It is, and it did again. It felt like the right idea because these are real, like th- these are very grounded emotions for Blaine to be having. It makes total sense for him as a character, and this confrontation also does speak to that where he i mean he even says to kurt i'm terrified that like you are going to wake up one day and look at me and realize oh i don't love him anymore like that's Mm -hmm. and that's that's such a that's such a real anxiety to have but his Mm -hmm. phrasing was it's like we're in competition we're like we're racing against each other um and kurt says you know i don't i never felt like i've never felt like that but then he does a little like he does a few lines in say and maybe we are in competition maybe we'll maybe that's be just competition yeah maybe I'd that's just how it is with you than against you which is yeah, a clumsy metaphor he says yeah he says i maybe that's just how it is between when it's two guys but i <laughs> would much rather be racing with you than racing against you and i'm like well that's 
those things are opposites and the <laughs> resolution seemed to be like Kurt, Kurt does it, Kurt says Kurt's the just right... allowed to win right now. Yeah. And <laughs> eventually the tables right might turn back again. And the the resolution was like Kurt does say when you're feeling like this you need to tell me, which is a good supportive boyfriend thing to say. That is good. But the other part of the resolution did seem to be that everything that Kurt was saying was true. Yeah. Kurt saying I I'd rather be running with you than against you in the same breath as saying maybe it is a competition. All of that was framed as the truth. And it's like, I maybe it's the fact that both of you are still young boys, basically. But, like, yeah. I don't... The show itself is framing that as the truth line. You know how there's, like, in a story, you have a character who is more correct than the other characters at any given time? Like, in Lord of the Rings, that's mm -hmm. Gandalf. If Gandalf says something, you can be confident that it is true. True, yeah. Um, and then, like, if Aragorn says something, you can be confident it's true unless Gandalf contradicts it. Um, mm -hmm. But in a show like Glee, characters are going to sort of take turns having that, uh, like, the being on truth. the truth pedestal. And it felt like they were putting Kurt there and saying, this is the perspective that Blaine needs. This is the truth perspective. And so having the having the line about, like, maybe we are always going to be in competition. Maybe that's just how it is when it's two guys coming out of the truth pedestal did not feel like it was something that the show put up there for the audience to critique. And that mm. alongside the framing of Kurt's like current obsession with body image, obsession with healthy eating and obsession with exercising as that having been framed as aspirational, just it, it made the whole storyline miss for me. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Especially considering that's like, I think you're going to wake up and realize you don't love me anymore. And in parentheses, it almost felt like he meant to say, because I'm going to be fat. Because yeah. I'm going to be fat. And it's like, and it's like, that's also icky. It's also, it's icky. And Kurt says, no, that's just not true. But mm -hmm. the implication by the ending is because Blaine's not going to be fat. Yeah. So something right, that, right. something that I have like... danced around in my notes this whole time is the like fat shaminess because it's so much of it is tied into the conversation about gay male culture. And again, this is like such a broad and complex issue that it can't just be boiled down to fat shaming is bad. But it, by the end, it does like I mean, we haven't quite hit the end yet, but it yet, is but... very clear well... that they're like you can tell Blaine's doing better because he's developed a different eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And, and like with all of that, it's not like, again, they don't even go into the gay culture of it all. It's literally just like Kurt's yeah. eating well, Blaine's eating too much. Look at that. Yeah, it's, like it's, it's framed not... as an individual thing. Yeah. This, this right. is just something that these two gay men happen to be dealing with. And dealing it's with easy right for now, us yeah. to connect it. That's actually, that's, that's, that we have been connecting it to these cultural issues this whole time, but that's us doing the show's work for it. Yes. Ultimately, what God the show it. gives us is two characters who are individually experiencing crazy, random happenstance style of uh, systemic cultural issues that we have in the real world. So, Glee, you sneaky bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Making us do your work for you again. <sighs> again. Uh, giving you way too much credit. Um, anyway, Julie, we got Julie and Artie, and Julie knows that the date was weird. Artie fesses up to having chlamydia. 
and then tells her who he's slept with, which just like, just don't. You don't have okay, to do that. Yeah. This scene, so Artie is like, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, he's like, I don't know who I got it from. And That's so, all I need to say. And 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 then Julie's response is probably typical for the era, but like also pretty gross because she's like, well, why would you sleep with those two idiots? Which is like, okay. Artie gross. finally got slut shamed. Yeah. yeah. You know, Cordover um, Street tried, but he was really bad at it, so uh, they had to call and him. And Julie succeeded. And Julie's yeah. like, well, you slept with two dumb girls, so that actually makes you a bad person. Um, you're you're just a creep. Which, like... Yeah, she said she, I she don't said like he was that a Julie, creeper. Julie's first, not supporting women, first of all. I <laughs> like, did, I did appreciate that it did not seem to be the number of women that she was upset about, but the no, fact but... that she did not like them, I was like, oh, yes. that, well, that's a good touch. That's This isn't your typical slut-shaming. No, this she is... just thinks those two ones are dummies. Yeah, this this is Glee's special spin on slut-shaming. Yeah. Yeah, calls him a creeper for having sex with other people, I guess. It's weird. I don't know. I don't really know what her point was, but it didn't seem well thought out. I think, yeah, it didn't seem like, it didn't seem like Artie was intended to be the villain here from the narrative perspective. It seems like this is just like a kind of mean thing that's happening to him. Frankly, it's meaner to the girls, but uh, they, they weren't there to hear it. But Artie does come away from it thinking, I gotta change my ways, and I'm like, well, that's not that's not actually upholding the stance. I mean, that you probably you're... should start practicing safe sex. Yeah, you, you should, should change you those should wear ways. Bare minimum, man. you gotta wear condoms. But it's unclear <laughs> if that's the lesson he learned from all this. I guess he must have, because what with the STD and all. But I can't believe I they didn't fill a se- film a scene of Artie going like of all the boys going and buying condoms with Artie. That would have actually think... been a really sweet scene. It really would have. Because that would have been cool. I do find the guys, I do find the guy group compelling. I uh, like as the little like, boy Yes. Friends. Yes. This is actually really, especially because sort of with maybe the exception of Blaine, like these are all like side characters from the first few seasons. Yeah. So it's cool to see them get their like come up and in a cool like, way. With there basically being almost no Rachel in this episode. Like mm-hmm. it's a very like an episode out, a day with the boys. And like, that's kind of fun. Yeah. It is, weirdly heavy and also full of talking about STDs, you know, a typical day with the boys. Um, Can confirm, yeah. yeah. But it does it uh, does make sense for them to be, like, besties who read each other's Star Wars fan fiction. Yes. Indeed. The Blam friendship is could be the cornerstone the of this show. Um, so, yeah, he gets dumped by Julie, who thinks the fact that he slept with two dumb girls is a deal breaker. He's Okay. A- yeah, Fine. we we all get to make He's our choices about who we date. We also yep. get to decide how mean we are about that. So, yep, mm. dodge the bullet, Artie. Um, we cut to Mercedes like on the phone, walking up to her brownstone. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking because I'm like, no, I'm with, I'm kind of with Julie on this one. You fucked up, Artie. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe I'm in the wrong. Maybe this is a lesson for me. But Artie I'm like, no, I want. I want, I want Julie's spinoff. I want... Yeah. I mean, Artie I want to see what condoms. Julie's doing. For not wearing condoms. Well, yes. And by being intensely weird on a first date. Like... Yes. Um, no, Julie was correct to not date him. Yes. Her motives for uh, calling him a creeper, though, not correct. Yes. Um, anyway. I don't know. I think Artie was pretty creepy. Anyway. Yeah, I mean... Just, look, he saw an opportunity that 
two girls wanted to have sex with him, and he was like, I would like this. It seemed like all parties were pretty consenting. Yeah. He Go was on. creepy totally. on the date. Totally. Yes, he was creepy on the date. But that's not why um, she called yes. him a creeper. No. Okay. Totally. He might have been a creeper because, again, he was he provided probably the least comfortable dating experience to any woman ever. Right. Including <laughs> making her ride episode. 45 minutes to Times Square. Uh, yes. But, like, this whole episode just kind of felt like Artie was a creeper. I like, mean, from the like, jump. Like, yeah, they're trying to set him up as, like, kind of a playboy. He says he's, like the Pied Piper of co-ed yeah. tale. Like, he's kind of gross definitely, about it. Yeah, he's definitely like, ask, acting like, uh, yeah, I'm king of the school, and so I get to have sex with all of these women who are, uh, like, extras in my story, the story like, of my right. life. Had Julie been, is the leading lady. Yeah. Had there been a woman around listening to Artie talk about that, she probably would have been like, you're being pretty gross about this, yeah. Artie. Like, no one right. will deny that. But technically his actions weren't, like, the worst thing anyone's yeah. ever done. And Julie's True. only foundation for calling him names at the end was that he slept with girls that she didn't like. Mm-hmm. Fair. Which admittedly, Fair. based on her description, correct. I wouldn't have liked yeah. him either, but like, it's still it, all around. Yes. Um. Anyway, we walk. Mercedes is walking up to her brown. Just as for Julie. Julie did get a short end of the stick, and I hope she got paid well for her excellent face acting this episode. Because she sold it. So, anyway, yes, we are back at the brownstone. She's there. She's on the phone with Sam, walking up into her steps. She opens the And Julie comes barging in. No. Um, Sorry, I'll stop. I'll stop. She opens the door to her apartment, and talking to Sam is like, hold on. Blaine lit so many candles. (laughs) That was so. Very funny. My favorite line of the episode. She walks in, she's immediately like, and, and I'm like, why would you think that that's Blaine? And the only reason that she would think that that's Blaine if it's, is, is if that's the kind of shit that Blaine does. It's also, like, probably stereotypical, like, hold on, my gay roommate filled up my, yeah, my, filled gay up my house with candles. Filled my, my house. My gay with roommate started a fire lit hazard. candles. Um, and don't know, it was Sam. He's being a romantic. I can live without sex, but I can't live without you. Good line. Fine. Yes. That's Fine. great. Whatever. Sure. It, they've been dating <laughs> yeah. an extraordinarily short amount of time for this amount of commitment. Really? But go off, I guess. That's a good point. Like, this all definitely yeah. takes place within, like, three, four days of each other. Yeah, it's been, like, a week tops. And they're like, we're in love fully. And which, like, sure, maybe they are. I don't know. I don't know their life, but. Yeah. Fine. And then we get um another Rachel scene. A little Rachel because, bumper, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, now she and Mercedes are gal pals. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. After school special, You're, Mercedes. I'm a prude, but, you know, like, I want it to be yeah. making love, not bumping uglies. And it's, I mean, the the message of it is right. Like, it's on her terms. Yeah. She's. Yes. And but, I did also, I liked Rachel's portion of this because it felt like, again a little bit of the writers themselves kind of being like Mm -hmm. this there is some vulnerability in steering this show into uncharted waters because Mm -hmm. we don't have like uh we don't have a we don't have a romantic pairing for our main character yeah we don't have a romantic pairing Mm -hmm. for our main character and all of our plans have been disrupted and we are like we're figuring out what our new course is and and having rachel say that kind of yeah it, it was a, a nice acknowledgement 
Here's what I find wild. I find wild that Mercedes suggestions like, why haven't you dated someone like someone from their cast? Or your director. Or your director. That's a bad suggestion. Mm-hmm. It's a bad suggestion. Don't date him. No, take take a lesson no. from Julie and don't date people that you work with. Yeah, you shouldn't date yes. anyone in the Funny Girl cast. Not a good Correct. idea. And especially don't date your director. That's only going to go so bad for everyone. Horribly. And to your point, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a way that if everything were, like, actually cogent, that they could have made this work. But it would have been disingenuous to have, like, a Rachel waiting for sex plot line in some ways just because like one we've had that plot line Mm -hmm. with finn already and therefore like we don't need to see that again it makes sense with mercedes um yeah i guess that's that on that that's it that's like here's a little bit of rachel because she's gonna get paid today but we don't have a ton for her to do in the sex she's a series regular yeah Yeah. then it's the guy friends yeah it's the guy friends the little boy friends again um, little boyfriends. My note. My uh, note is just at the. I'm compelled by the guys. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Well, like we see like an explanation for why Blaine is not going to be fat next episode because he's doing the Matthew McConaughey diet. Um, which yikes. is again, it's framed as like, look, he's getting better, guys. Don't worry, he's on a diet. Like, although they do like play it that like he tries like. Yeah, he tries it and it sucks. He and it's like it's the like Matthew McConaughey diet. And I do think sucks. you're supposed to read that it's unhealthy and right. Yeah, but, it's but the, like, Kurt was like, so that means that why we're not that's why we're not going to be eating out for a while and we're going to be jogging to work and it's like mm, maybe no. okay the, like this this isn't the correct lesson. Like I'm glad no. that you guys are happy, but maybe like it's just it's it's just a little yucky to be re- yeah. well it's a lot yucky but it's the yucky. i i can understand why in 2014 it wouldn't have uh it wouldn't have like raised exactly. any eyebrows but it's just and kinda... we're just wrapping up everyone's plots Artie is like i got dumped by julie but i'm gonna change my ways but i am gonna eat this sunday because i feel sad about myself and then sam's button is you know it's okay to not have sex would you like to start an abstinence club with me? And everyone was like, absolutely not. No. What the fuck? That was so fucking funny. That was really good. And then the episode just ends, and I do like that yeah, that's what it Yeah, it ends, ends on. on that yeah. note. Oh, well, Overstreet, as, as much as I think that he might have floundered on the yelling slut at Artie, uh, definitely delivered that line perfectly. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yes. Yeah, and that's our episode. Um, that's the episode. Would you believe this is a Glee episode with only four songs in it it is and light on music. yes i kind of do honestly yeah. i it's mean I, there's only so many things you can sing about sexually they already transmitted found the infections. song and there's not a ton of std related songs there must be some and i don't want to look it up but you can pick one of these songs for your listening pleasure you have to spend your human adult money on it or i guess your college age money depending on when this aired 2014 in between um here are your choices. We have Addicted to Love, I Want to Know What Love Is, Love is a Battlefield, and Let's Wait a While. Rascal, as our guest, you get to go first. Uh, you know, I think I would give it to Love is a Battlefield be- mm-hmm. if I could watch it also, if I could buy the music video of it. Addicted to Love might edge that out if it was just, like... Audio only. Just audio but, but, you know, I, I really enjoyed listening to both of them. Musically, I had zero complaints with uh, You know, with lesser songs, but all of them, devoid of context, were pretty good. Yeah. Yes. Ian? 
Um, I'll go with I want to know what love is. Again, devoid of context, like, it's Amber Riley knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Again. So, oh, yeah. She What's was to hate? incredible in both of Always numbers. is. Um, I'm going to go with Addicted to Love. I like that song. I like a Kevin McHale cover. Like, he's good. Um, I like, so that's probably what I would most like to listen to. So, that would it's be It's always my... fun when, like, all three of us have different choices. Yeah. Can't yeah. believe no one picked Let's Wait a While. <laughs> yeah, I get, that's really on us. I have uh, your same kind of feeling about slower songs where I'm like, I would need, I would listen to this when I want to listen to music. But a lot of the time when I listen to music, it is because I want to be going so fast down the sidewalk. Yeah, and that's not a good song. You, you That's a really meandering kind of song. And, yeah. And also, <laughs> that's a perfect word to describe that it. That is a song that if someone, you know those people on TikTok who like stop people on the street and like, what are you listening to? And if you had to answer Let's Wait a While by Glee Cast version, uh, <laughs> that would be, I think, maybe one of the most embarrassing answers you could have. To that point, it's been a minute since you've been on the show, Rascal, so we got to ask you our two uh, musically-minded questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One, is there a song, artist, album, musical entity, what have you, that... Uh, you think Glee would have done great with that they did or could not do? Oh boy, I I don't remember what I said the last time I got this question. Um, so matter. yeah, I guess I would actually have liked to see them all like not all of them, but. Maybe a Quinn, Olivia Rodrigo, or mm. um, honestly, uh, uh, any probably any of the ladies. Um, maybe not Leah Michelle, but uh, taking on "Good for You" I think would be yeah would be a lot yeah. of fun. It would be good. Like it would be. It would. It, it, I don't know how necessarily it would be done musically, but like I think it would be fun. I think visually it'd be fun. I think they'd have fun with it. Olivia Rodrigo made songs for Glee, and, like, you can tell she loves Glee because it's in one of her songs, so, like, that makes sense. Wow. Um, come on the show, Olivia Rodrigo, you're welcome. <laughs> I know she's a fan. Um, part two, is there a song, artist, album, musical entity, what have you, that you're happy Glee could not touch or did not touch? Now, I think they would not have touched it. hmm But I am glad that Hadestown was not out. Yeah. Because I think that if they had tried doing any Hadestown, it would have been an affront to me and to the show. And, uh, like, Hadestown is so specific, you know? Yes. I'm going to, I'll uh, share my little bit of clout, which is that I went, I took one semester of grad school with Anais Mitchell, um, who created Hadestown. Okay. Um, and she was so sweet and lovely. And here's the thing. I she introduced herself and I was like that name sounds familiar, and then as I walked away I realized no it wasn't as it was like several days later I was like oh I have her like experimental EP of this thing called Hades Town, which my friend had given me, um, and I was like well I really love I really love that whole album, so now I'm too intimidated to speak to her, um, maybe next year. And she was, I had a few conversations with her and she was like, wonderful. She was lovely throughout, just like a a really sweet human being. Um, And 
the next semester we were all going to go back to our residency it was a low residency program the next semester we were all going to go back and she posted a message on our facebook group and she was like i'm not going to be able to make it something is happening in my life so like i'll be there again next semester and then we got another message the next semester she was like probably not going to be there again and then we learned that hades town was going to be on broadway it was like that's a really good reason (laughs) to be putting off this this program so she was a grad school student with you yes uh i will avoid giving details because i don't want to i don't want to uh put any of her personal info on blast but um but you will be telling me off i'll be telling i'll be telling you i need to know everything there's not because i 100% 100% agree with you. I felt like I love Hades Town. I saw it for my birthday. It's one of my new dream shows. Like that show is so it's special. It's phenomenal. I I I have like, not seen it. I have not seen the show because my COVID gotta... I know it's the thing is that I have like, doing doing stuff in the era of COVID is so much harder when you're high COVID risk. But I'm just a I was a huge fan of the show before it was a show. Just because my friend gave me, uh, like, gave me the original EP, and I was like, it mm-hmm. absolutely deserves all of the hype and the praise that it has gotten. Uh, and can confirm. And Anais Mitchell is a really wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, if she's listening, hello, Anais. I'm sorry I was too scared to talk to you when <laughs> when I was when we were at grad school together, but I remember you. And if you're listening, I am available to play Orpheus <laughs> whenever. That's. That's it would true. be my honor. <laughs> we're, just, are we putting out all of our, all of our employment wishes into this one. Yeah, it's called <laughs> into one, yeah. exactly. Like and that's so secret. important. We're gonna manifest um, uh, Ian playing Orpheus, which actually would be really would work very well. Yeah, yes. that would we work really know. well. Thank you. Actually, thank you, thank you. Um, anyway, enough about me, Rascal. Again, thank you for being here, one of our honorary co-hosts, but. In the meanwhile, in between while, where can people find you on the interwebs if they so should choose to do and if you want to even be found? Yeah. Well, uh, I would love to be found. I'm a freelance video game writer and the video game industry is in what we call shambles. So if anybody would like a video game writer and you like the things that I've said about sex and race, hit me up. Um the you two can most find me... important topics to be <laughs> yeah. Again, two her credentials are, are out sex there. And race. Um, so you can find me on Twitter and on Blue Sky at Elevator Lich. You can find my personal games on itch.io. Uh, sorry, I said the URL wrong. Um, because I'm so good at self-promotion. I'm a little too good at it. It's rascalin, rascalin.itch.io. You can play the personal games, the personal video games that I have made. Um, and good. I've played uh, them. Karina Amazing. has played them. Uh, Karina has made me merch for one, which <laughs> you can only find Aww. out about if you, uh, if you find the game and look at the devlog that I updated uh, with it um and you can find me in the woods as our society continues <laughs> down its trajectory that's where we'll all be safest <laughs> oh lord and where can people find you karina you can find me on the same handle on both blue sky and tiktok the two most normal places to be found on the internet uh and that is the same handle on both which is epic adventure of 
And you can find me at Ibroski on all the social medias, ianjbrodsky.com. Um, check out the Ides of March concert in March that I will be a part of at the Green Room 42. Um, I think that's the venue that we're going to be at. Um, yeah, it'll be fun uh, singing some songs of one Paul Regano who has been on our show. Ah, um, show. Yes, so come support some ugly, aggressive folks. And um, yeah, look out for new music sometime this year oh and the show itself oh, is yeah. actly aggressive we should plug our own show shouldn't we this show currently this um, show currently at uh glee aggressive on the social media handles uh hashtag glee aggressive like and comment and rate and subscribe help friends, other people maybe. find us buy the tell merch friends buy buy, buy the, the merch shirt which is by the way one of the comfiest shirts that i yeah. Yeah. Great, gotta say yes Arby's Fight Club, Darren Chris School for Healthy Boys, Ma'am, This is Ohio. Yeah. We got we so got many merch. goods. We got the merch. Um, and you can email us at gleeaggressive at gmail.com. Um, what should they write in about this week, Karina? Who'd you go to grad school with? I think that was cool. Probably not. Someone's got to have gone to grad school with some cool people. Well, thank you again, Rascal, for coming and talking about STDs with us. It's a very important topic that, of course... Um, your expertise was needed. Um, so important, so <laughs> needed. Don't Thank say you. I have expertise in STDs. <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody uh, clip this. And thank you all for listening. You can join us next week when we'll be discussing season five, episode seventeen. Why it's opening night? Oh, that's what it's called. Um, so Ian. I have to ask, did this episode of Glee make you want to watch that next one? I have to begrudgingly ask. Uh, no, I, it does not. But, Ian, it's opening night. I mean, I have to do it anyway. I've already committed to the podcast. That's true. That's to be you. Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Glee! Aggressive! Glee, glee, aggressive.